Hello, Nexus Church family, to our series that we've titled Winning the War in Your Mind. This is based off of the Craig Rochelle book that's titled The Same Thing. And in this series, I encourage you to pick up a copy of that book and dig into it for yourself and examine some of these things that we are discussing in our time together. In this series, we're going to be taking a look at exactly where is the battlefield in this world. You see, we talk about spiritual health, we talk about physical health, we talk about relational and financial health in the church world, but so often we miss out on the power of the mental health, the emotional health. And many people don't like to talk about it because it reveals some things that are deep inside of them or people they know and love that they would just as soon not talk about. But we're going to be tackling that. And the beautiful thing is the Bible is full of truths that can help you, as Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is what the Word of God does. And I hope that through this series, you will be renewed by the power of God's truth and see yourself become whole not just in one aspect in your life, but in all aspects of your life. Now, if you have more questions or concerns or comments, you can email us at nexuschurchmn at gmail.com, nexuschurchmn at gmail.com, or you can private message us in Facebook or Instagram. However, we can connect with you and help you become renewed in your mind. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to this week's message in the series, Winning the War in Your Mind. Now, this week, we're going to be building off what we taught last week. And if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen to it again. I'll kind of go over a few things in just a brief moment, but we're going to really be building off of that teaching from last week. And now, if you're just joining us, you may be wondering, what is this all about? Well, here's the deal. I believe the health of our mind and our emotions are absolutely valuable to how we live out the great commandment. That is, to love God and to love others. When we can think clearly, when our emotions can be healthy, it unlocks so many things that are hidden deep down inside of us that God wants to make whole. Healthy inner life comes about in many different avenues, whether it's relational, financial, socially, or even spiritually. Who we are inside, I believe, is crucial. Because think about this for your own life. What you think about becomes your beliefs. And your beliefs is what you end up becoming. We just follow the path of our strongest thoughts. And so if you want to think about it in your own personal life, if you believe, if you have thought your whole life that I can become better, that I can improve, 
you will indefinitely try to do better. You will practice things like baseball or your musical instrument, or you will try to get better at your job or your grades. If you think you can, you believe you can, and you will put forth the effort. You become a self-fulfilling prophecy by simply thinking and believing that you can do something. And so over the course of this, this time together, we're going to be continuing to build upon that truth. Now, last week, we just laid the foundation, and I encourage you again to go back and listen if you weren't with us and listen to that message. But basically, what we taught was based off of 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, where Paul says we demolish arguments and pretensions, that is, things that are set against you that are against God's truth. These are lies, okay? So, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So, we really focused in on the fact that we need to take our thoughts captive. We need to take those lies, those pretensions and arguments that are against God, lies, and we need to name them. And so last week, we named the lies that are going on in our mind that maybe were established when we were a small kid. Lies that are not true, that they do not line up with God's Word. Because ultimately, God's Word is our source of truth. And when anything comes against it, it's a lie. Now, sometimes we come about things later in life and we realize that Maybe what we thought wasn't the truth. And so we need to work through this because this is a, a progress. This is something that will take a lifetime to get over because we're always being enlightened to something else in God's Word or something else that maybe didn't line up perfectly and we get better and we learn more. And so over the course of your life, you will continually go down this path of figuring out the lies, naming the truth, and claiming the truth over your life. And so this week, we're going to take it a step further. We're going to take that truth that we spoke over that lie that is ultimately going to banish that lie, and we're going to meditate on it. We're going to focus on what, what Paul says as fixing our thoughts. And we'll talk about meditation, and sometimes we get this uh, misunderstanding of what meditation is, and we think that it's an evil thing, when in fact Paul and the psalmist both point to the reality that thinking, your thoughts, meditation, dwelling is a good thing for you. So let's flip to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and let's just read God's Word today. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Right? Paul is finishing up a thought here, and this is kind of like the pinnacle. Like, get ready. This is really what I want you to remember. If you forget everything else, remember this. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What Paul is really saying here is what you put in comes out. What you put into your thought process 
into your mind comes out. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Now, we can talk about this in your physical life, right? Like, this is a very easy thing if you were to, uh, to peel back and just apply this to your physical life and in everyday life. It, you simply, if you put in the wrong fuel into your fuel tank, out comes a dead engine, right? If, if you put into your body lack of sleep, lack of rest, lack of healthy food, out comes an unhealthy body. It trips to the doctors that shouldn't have been taken, right? What you put in to your mind comes out. Listen to what he says then in Philippians 4, 7. Just this, the previous verse, Paul says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, put in healthy things, what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is excellent, what is worthy of praise, you put that into your mind, positive, life-giving things, and out comes a life of peace and joy, the fruits of the Spirit. God puts that into you. What you put in comes out. Now, I love how the New King James Version puts the Philippians 4, 8 passage where the NLT and other translations put fix your thoughts on. The New King James Version puts meditate on. Now, I realize that meditation has some rather negative connotations in our society today for a variety of reasons. And one particular, I'll just show you this clip and you can kind of see where I'm going with this. She used her chi on last night, didn't she? Very good. You gotta teach me that, like how to control people. There's only one person you need to learn how to control. Empty your mind. Flow with my movement. Connect to the energy around you. I kind of just want to learn the cobra thing. Cobra takes a lifetime. Requires great focus. But I have great focus. Mr. Han? Your focus needs more focus. Mr. Han? No. Of course, the original Karate Kid, way better, right? Just, just settle that right away. But the reality is, when we think about meditation, we think of emptying one's mind, right? Like, get rid of all the stuff in this world to be empty. But has Jesus claimed to his followers, if you don't put something in there, the enemy will come back and he will fill your mind. Meditation isn't just emptying your mind, as we see in the screen, meditation truly is to think deeply or to focus one's mind for a period of time. It's focus. Your focus needs more focus. So we need to fix our eyes. We need to meditate on good 
things. I love how Psalm 119.15 puts it. It says, meditate, I, <laughs> we are to meditate on your, that is God's precepts, and consider his ways. And then Psalm 143.5 says, I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. That is putting your mind on what is good, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely. Sounds easy, sounds simple enough, but the reality is, is just like Jesus teaching to his disciples about not just letting, <laughs> clearing out your mind and not doing anything with it, it, it's super hard to accomplish this. If you're anything like me, my mind wanders. My mind naturally goes to worry, to trying to fix things, trying to answer all of life's problems, trying to do something to fix the situation around me. I just don't naturally fix my mind on positive things. And so last week, as we talked about naming the lies and writing it down, that is so important. That's the first step in anything is recognition, recognizing that my thoughts aren't always good. The second step was to, to claim some truth from God's word over that lie. Find the truth, because for every lie, there is a truth. You can't have a lie without a truth, or you can't have a truth. Well, you can't have truth without lies, but in this earth, we're going to be constantly bombarded with lies. It happened in the Garden of Eden, and it will happen till the day Jesus comes back and abolishes all evil and all lies. So in order to have a lie, there has to be a truth. The enemy came in the garden and he said, did God really say to Eve, right? So it started right there. And from that day on, every lie has come against God's truth. And so we stand here today. We name that truth, but we just don't sit by and do nothing from that point on. We need to fix our thoughts. We need to meditate upon a truth from God's word. And so today, I want to go back and I just want to rehash. And I want you, if you weren't with us last week, to write down that lie. For me last week, just as a recovery from what we learned, I always struggled and I will continue to struggle with for a while until I get this into my spirit that I need to prove myself. I need to work hard. I need to go the extra mile. I need to pay extra detail to situations so that I can prove myself, so that I don't look stupid, so that I can rise above and be excellent. And so that was my lie that I wrote down last week. Now, I applied the truth of God's word from uh, John 15, 5, where Jesus said, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. You can do nothing without me. So I stood upon that truth from God's word that, no, I, 
I can't do enough. I can't prove myself. But if I press into Jesus, I can produce way more than I could on my own. And so what we want to do from this point on is build on that today. So name your lie. Name the truth and personalize it for yourself. And so what I did was I made it something that I could internalize, that I could kind of process in my own spirit. When I, when I think about I have to go and I have to do and I have to constantly try, 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 and just be busy, always trying to get better, what I need to do in that moment is I need to stop and I need to say this truth statement based off of John 15.5. And here it is. My true statement is my success doesn't come from my abilities or my work or my effort. My success doesn't come from that. My success comes from time with Jesus. My success is not of what I've done. My success comes from time with Jesus. So when I get that thought in my head, I have to go, I have to do, I have to prove. Otherwise, I'll be a failure. Otherwise, I'll get passed by. Otherwise, I'll just be in this situation for the rest of my life. No, I have to go to Jesus. Spend time with him. Because when I go to him, I will produce much fruit. So what is that for you today? What truth statement are you going to personalize? First step, write it down. Write it down. And then put it everywhere you spend time. Put it on sticky notes, plaster it on your car, put it on your fridge, put it on your mirrors, put it on your phone so it's a reminder and it pops up all the time telling you that I'm a child of God. I am loved. I am beautiful in God's eyes because of Jesus Christ. I am enough. Whatever it is for you, whatever true statement that you need to stand on today, write it down and never, ever allow yourself to be without that true statement because you need those reminders. You need them. Make them fresh all the time. Every week, put something somewhere else. Write it differently. Make it a ringtone. Find a song that has that, that thought in it. Get over the lies that the enemy has in your life and stand on God's word and what he says about you. Take a stand. Don't believe in those lies anymore. You are a conqueror. Because of Jesus Christ, he's made you a conqueror. You are a child of God. You are a head. You're not a tail. You are more than enough. We could continue on, but I want you to understand you can get over these lies that are in your head. Stop running. Run to Jesus. And so after you've put it everywhere, You've written it down. You're starting to become what you're thinking. Starting to become one little step at a time. Then comes what I believe maybe will 
keep some of you from proceeding forward, and that is confessing it. So many of us are afraid to stand and proclaim what God has done in our life. We run from it. But you have to understand that vulnerability, being open, this isn't a this isn't a cowardly thing. This is a courageous thing. When you proclaim and you confess this truth that God is speaking over you and what he's doing to free you, you're disarming the enemy and the lies that he has over you. Those lies will continue to be over you if you do this alone. I cannot encourage you enough to find yourself a group of people, a church family, that you can openly share what God is doing in your life. The moment you give glory to God and say, He has set me free from having to prove myself, from being just enough, from my insecurities, from my loneliness, from my anxiety, from my fear, from my doubt. Is that scary? Yeah, because the moment you step into that and you say, I am free of that, the enemy is going to scream. He's going to scratch and claw and keep you from doing that public proclamation of what God has freed you from because he knows that as soon as people believe that they too can have freedom, he's losing ground. He's losing ground. And he wants Christians to be the most miserable people on the face of this earth, sitting there in their insecurities, in their doubts, in their fears, in their anxieties. He wants you to be locked in prison. He doesn't want you to be free because he knows that God is way more powerful than him. But if he can get in your mind and make you believe something's not true, it's just like a big bully. He's just a big bully. He wants to continue to isolate you, make you feel alone, keep powering over you, keep running those thoughts through your mind that are not true so he does not see the power of God unlocked in a church, in a family, in a community, and by golly, in just your own personal life. So confess it. Proclaim out loud that I am enough, that God loves me, that I don't have to be afraid of failure. I don't have to be afraid of trying to prove myself. I don't have to be afraid of what people think about me. I don't have to be afraid of being a failure. And on and on it goes. So my encouragement for you today is to find somebody find somebody that you can share this with. And ultimately, my goal for each and every person listening is that you would get into a church family and that you can proclaim what God is doing in your life to the family of God because there is so much power. It not only encourages you and gets you support, but it helps everybody in that church family realize that God is on the move. He's changing lives. He's transforming lives. And he can do it for them. So would you do that today? Would you share what God is doing in your life? Write down the lie. Write down the truth 
claim that you are going to stand upon, think it, put it everywhere, make it part of your life wherever you turn, and then proclaim to your friends and your family that understand the power of God, what He has done, and then start sharing it with those who don't know Jesus. Because if there's one thing that is so amazing and what cannot be argued is a transformed life. When God comes in and changes a heart and mind, he gets glory and he works in those hearts and transforms their lives from death to life in a spiritual sense. And I pray for you today, Father. I pray for every person listening today that they will stand upon this truth that, God, you are transforming lives. That they will step out of those lives that the enemy has them locked in and they will step towards you and experience the liberation of the power of Jesus, the truth. And as you said so clearly in Romans 12 too, that the Holy Spirit then transforms their life into the image of Jesus. I pray that for every person listening, God, you would move in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today, Nexus Church family, and we'll see you again real soon.